Welcome on in Eagles fans. Joe Chilio with you on this episode of the No Huddle Show. I hope you've been enjoying everything Matt and Elliot have been doing from practice every day, talking to some of the Eagles. Uh, for this special episode, we're going to bring on the voice of the Eagles. Merrill Reese been with this team and um, broadcasting the games on the radio for the Eagles for many years. Knows this team inside and out. He's going to join us on this episode, talk about the team, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, and what he sees as we look forward to the start of the preseason and, of course, this 2017 Eagle season. As promised, our guest on this episode of the No Huddle Show, Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles. Merrill, how you doing today? I'm great, Joe. Great. And look, the Eagles are in many ways looking great so far in training camp. There's a lot of excitement and I feel it more this year than I did last year, especially around this time where we're almost at that first preseason game. Do you feel a difference in the excitement level of the fan base now compared to a year ago? I think so. Uh, Last year at this time, we were getting ready for a season of Sam Bradford, uh, a new head coach, uh, an area, uh, a couple of areas that were really of concern, like wide receiver. And this year, you're getting ready for Carson Wentz, who uh, miraculously last year, well, by uh, the circumstances that were spurred by the injury to Teddy Bridgewater and the subsequent trade of uh, Sam Bradford to Minnesota, put Carson Wentz into the starting spot at the beginning of the season, and he really weathered a full season of the best kind of education a quarterback can get, and that is being out there and going through so much. Right now, he doesn't look anything like a rookie. In fact, he doesn't look like a second-year quarterback. Eagles have a quarterback in place who I think within the next three years will be a top-five quarterback in this league. So when you have somebody like that, and you have upgraded the wide receiver department the way they have, I think just right there, there's reason for excitement. Yeah, there is. And we know in this league, Merrill, if you have a quarterback, you have a lot. I want to go back to last year, and because you were mentioning it, all he went through. And as we were going through that season, and they went on that losing streak, and they struggled in November into December, it was tough. But I think back to some of the other quarterbacks the last, let's say, 20 years that have been had really good careers and been really good quarterbacks Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie year I think Eli Manning had six or seven straight losses at one point even Donovan in 99 in that team and then the next year all all those guys made leaps do you think those losses and the tough times last year are actually going to be something we look back on and say he learned from that that was beneficial well I think he did it's a lot different than Donovan's uh, situation because if you go back to Donovan you're talking about Andy Reid, who put Doug Peterson out there to get beaten up for the first two-thirds of the season. And then Donovan came in when the offensive line had developed, so it was an entirely different situation. But with Carson Wentz, he never seemed to to lose any confidence. He never looked shaky. He made his mistakes, but I think, as, as you pointed out, he grew from them, and he really knows what he's doing right now. So it's a, it's a much better situation. Merrill, when we look at this team, I think the two names that get talked about the most are Carson Wentz and then Doug Peterson. And I thought Doug, if you add it all together last year, had a pretty good first year as a head coach. I thought he had about seven win talent and he won about seven games. There were some missteps along the way, but how would you evaluate Doug's season last year and his first year as a coach? I thought he had a very good year. Uh, uh, you see, many years ago, Joe, I was told by a an offensive genius, not to not to live in the past, but there was a guy by the name of Sid Gilman who was here as one of Dick Vermeil's great offensive uh, advisors, and in fact, 
Sid Gilman was the coach who invented the West Coast offense and taught it to uh, Bill Walsh, who, of course, had the great success with the 49ers. And one night in a hotel in Washington, I was, for the umpteenth time, annoying Sid about the passing game using the hash marks and stuff like that because I was always trying to learn as much technical football as I could. And he sat me down, and I will never forget this. He said to me, Merrill, he said, the most overrated thing in football is play calling. He said, every Sunday, there are 60,000 offensive coordinators sitting in the stands. And for some reason, that's how coaches, uh, to a great degree other than wins and losses, are evaluated. You know, if you put Bill Belichick, who is obviously the best in the business right now, under a microscope, and maybe not just right now, maybe the best ever, under a microscope, and you were to stand there and analyze every play that he calls, there are going to be times when you scratch your head and you say, why did he do this? and Why did he do that? And that's how people evaluate coaches over the years, except, of course, when a coach wins with the, the talent that Bill Belichick has in New England and with the frequency that he wins championships. So I think that if you look at Doug Peterson in terms of play calling, sure, you're going to debate this, or why did he do that? But if you look at the three things that I consider the, the most important in a coach uh, as, as far as his talent and his ability is concerned, and here they are. Uh, number one, I think a coach has to understand talent and know how to utilize the players that he has. I think Doug did well there. Number two, a coach, a good coach, has to be a good teacher and communicator, if you will. Doug was very good there, and that's where Chip Kelly was an abject failure. And number three, I think a good coach, and you go back to Dick Vermeil, who was maybe the best at this, a good coach motivates and inspires. And I think the players will tell you that Doug Peterson motivates them a lot, and the coaches work well with him. So uh, I I think he's got the, the makings of a very good coach. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what you said, especially going back to what you were told all those years ago, I agree with. And it makes a lot of sense. And I think sometimes, Merrill, as fans, and you said the 60,000 in the seats and there's millions at home and listening or watching, we all do the same thing. And I think sometimes the problem is we base our opinions on the results, not the process. I, I want to ask you about Doug's they, play. You're right. Cause, yeah, I, Go ahead, I Merrill. I was just going to pick, pick up on that. Um, I'll give you a very good example. We all remember the first game in Dallas last year, the game the Eagles should have won. And it came down to a play that was widely discussed after the game. And that was they had an opportunity to put uh, Caleb Sturgis on the field to attempt a late field goal, a 52-yard field goal, that would have pretty much locked up the game. He had made one earlier in the game. So you knew that was within his range. Uh, Doug Peterson elected not to kick the field goal. He elected to punt. And Donnie Jones came in and he, he set the Cowboys back at their own 10-yard line. Now, I thought that that was the right call. I thought that if I were the coach, that's what I would have done. Because even though we know that Sturgis has a big leg and that he's capable of making the 52-yard field goal, percentage-wise, the chances of making two 50-yard-plus field goals in a game are not great. And if he missed that, the Cowboys would have had the ball near midfield. So I came back 
tough loss. Cowboys go the length of the field. They win the game. I came back, and all I heard the next day were critics of Doug Peterson saying how bad a call that was, and he should have gone for the 52-yard field goal. And I didn't see it. But uh, that's just an example of how a lot of these things are either or. If he had gone for the field goal and and the Sturges had missed it, people would have said he, he took a foolish chance. If he had made it, they would have said, that's great aggressive coaching. So so much of this goes under the microscope, but I don't think whether you do this or that or choose A or B is what makes a good coach. Yeah, there's so much to and there's so many games and so many moments like you were saying, and it is. It's process versus results. If, if it had worked, we'd have a different feeling, even though the same decision was made. What I want to ask you about is about Doug last year with Carson, and we could spin it towards this year. Merrill, the one thing I really liked about Doug, and I, I feel like I could check it off and say this is his identity, and I think it works with Carson. I liked his aggressiveness on the fourth downs. I liked leaving the off out there. I think this quarterback has that kind of mentality, and I think these two can can mesh together that way. What did you think about how aggressive Doug was, and do you think it's going to continue here with he and Carson into the future, whether going down the field or just going for fourth downs and, and bringing an aggressive mentality to the field? Well, I, I thought it was good most of the time. There were other times that early in the game, I might have not gone in that direction, and uh, live to to come down and, and score on the next possession. However, Doug was aggressive. Now, this year, I think he can be more aggressive on fourth and short, fourth and one, fourth and a half yards, because he suddenly has a sledgehammer on like Eric Blunt. He didn't have like Eric Blunt last year. And even though Ryan Matthews is a pretty good back when healthy, he is not like Eric Blunt in a short regarded situation. So that goes back to knowing your personnel and utilizing your personnel. And when you have that sledgehammer, you can be more aggressive. You can, and hopefully he will be. And you mentioned LeGarrette Blunt. The Eagles made a lot of changes and a lot of additions this offseason, which they didn't have many resources, but Howie, we know, always is pretty good at maneuvering the cap and adding these players in. When you look at the team, if you could pick out one addition that they made that you think is going to have the biggest impact, and it could be the biggest name, it could be Alshon, or it could be someone else you've noticed, who do you think it is that will have the biggest impact of all the players they brought in from the end of last year to right now? I think that has to be Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, there there are other guys who have a chance, like Garrett Blunt, uh, Timmy Jernigan, Chris Long uh, over on the defense. But I think when you take Alshon Jeffrey, who was the most coveted of all the free agent wide receivers, a guy who go up there and snag the ball over any defensive back, I think he will turn out to have the greatest impact of any of the of the new players. Let's touch on the defense. A couple questions here, Merrill. Uh, as I look at this, I look at the defense last year and I say they were good in some areas. They were inconsistent, but you saw flashes in Jim Schwartz's first season. And I think people don't even realize or maybe don't think about it, but they finished in the top half of the NFL, I think in both points and yards left. They weren't a bad defense last year. Now they added, I think, on the defensive line a lot with Barnett and Jernigan, like you mentioned, even Chris Long. If the cornerback situation can be okay, I think this is a top 10 defense. What do you see? Well, I think so too. Uh, I think you have to scheme properly. and I, But I do think that the the problems in the deep secondary will be covered up somewhat by a prolific pass rush. And I think you're going to get it this year. And I think that, that Derek Barnett is going to make an impact as a rookie. 
And if he does, that, that they'll have a lot because they'll have a, an entire rotation of linemen that can get after the quarterback. In terms of the, the best player on this defense or the highest paid player, Fletcher Cox, what did you think of his first year after the contract? I thought he was good, but maybe not great. And I think they need him to play a little bit better this year to be a great defense. What did you think of Fletcher last year? No, I, I would agree with you, Joe. I thought that he had a good season. I thought he was um, he was not the Fletcher Cox that he can be. He's better than that, and I think we'll see that this year. But I, I he's an outstanding football player. But uh, you know, not to go out and give ABC grades, but I I wouldn't put him at the top of his grade uh, level last year. I thought he was good, but I think that he can be a dominating player week in and week out. And I think that uh, the, the people around him will allow him to do some things that he could not do last year. But he's, he's very, very good. Um, when I talk about the players on the defense who I think are really exceptional, certainly Cox is. But another guy who I think is just going to be a great player, I mean a great player, is Jordan Hicks. He is, he is bright. He's hardworking. He is athletic. He can do anything that a middle linebacker can do. The only the area where I'm concerned about Jordan Hicks is durability. I mean, here's a guy who got hurt on his honeymoon. So we, yeah, they, they've got to keep him healthy, and they, they've got to keep him out there. And, and he's fine now. Yeah, he is. And he's been out there in, in the full contact. And it's important because he is, you're right, he's a very good player that probably could take that leap to be a great one. Uh, Merrill, I think we'd be remiss if we did uh, an entire episode here together, entire interview together, and we didn't touch on Nelson Aguilar, who's been probably outside of the corner concern, the most talked about aspect of this camp, Carson's excellence, uh, the corner concerns, and then Nelson and how good he has looked. Your partner, your broadcast partner on the Eagles radio network, Mike Quick, said uh, last week that this is maybe the most talented wide receiver physically on the roster. We just haven't seen him do it in the games. What have you seen from Nelson? And do you think he looks different mentally, physically in your eyes than last year? He looks very, very good. Um, but the, the big thing is last year, uh, he was fighting the ball. He really was having trouble. He had the the football version of what they called the yips in golf, the ball would come and he would almost fight it. But uh, he looks very confident right now, very comfortable, very fluid. And uh, I think he could be in for a very good season. Although at any rate, he looks like he's still going to be fourth on the depth chart because you're going to start out on Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, and you're going to have Jordan Matthews in the slot, which would make him the, and make Aguilar the fourth wide receiver. Which, I mean, that just goes to show you, and we could lead into this with our, our final question here, Mel. That, that just goes to show you how much more talent they have than last year. They're not counting mm-hmm. on a guy like Nelson. He could just be part of the mix. Merrill, when I look at this team, I see a team that won seven games last year. They, they, they outscored their opponents. They had a lot of close games. I think Dallas will come back to the pack. I'm not sure what to make of the Giants. I think the Eagles are going to walk in this season with a legitimate shot to win the NFCs. How do you see it? Year two of Doug, year two of Carson. What do you expect from this team? I expect them to be a playoff team, uh, assuming that they stay relatively healthy. Because if you lose the wrong three players, I don't care if you're the, the I don't care who you are. You could be the Patriots, who are potentially 13 and three, and if they lose the wrong three players, they could just as quickly become nine and seven or eight and eight. So, uh, and, and one of those players would be Brady, of course. But 
if if you look at the Eagles and they stay relatively healthy in their key areas, I believe very strongly that they can be a 10-win team. I'm with you. And if they are, it's going to be a lot of fun. The Eagles will start the preseason in Green Bay on Thursday night. Merrill, uh, enjoy Green Bay, and that we'll catch up soon, all right? Thank you, Joe. Enjoyed being on with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. The voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. Thanks, Merrill. Okay. Take care, Joe. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the No Huddle Show. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Of course, always at NJ.com. Anywhere you've listened to podcasts, we're there. Thanks again to the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. And we'll be back soon on the No Huddle Show.